Chapters twenty eight through twenty nine of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marian Martin. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book two. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombo. Chapter twenty eight perfect knowledge cannot be attained in the present life many questions must be submissively left in the hands of god having therefore the truth itself as our rule and the testimony concerning god set clearly before us we ought not by running after numerous and diverse answers to questions to cast away the firm and true knowledge of god but it is much more suitable that we directing our inquiries after this fashion should exercise ourselves in the investigation of the mystery and administration of the living god and should increase in the love of him who has done and still does so great things for us but never should fall from the belief by which it is most clearly proclaimed that this being alone is truly god and father who both formed this world fashioned man and bestowed the faculty of increase on his own creation and called him upwards from lesser things to those greater ones which are in his own presence just as he brings an infant which has been conceived in the womb into the light of the sun and lays up wheat in the farm after he has given it full strength on the stalk but it is one and the same creator who both fashioned the womb and created the sun and one and the same lord who both reared the stalk of corn increased and multiplied the wheat and prepared the barn if however we cannot discover explanations of all those things in scripture which are made the subject of investigation yet let us not on that account seek after any other god besides him who really exists for this is the very greatest impiety we should leave things of that nature to god who created us being most properly assured that the scriptures are indeed perfect since they were spoken by the word of god and his spirit but we inasmuch as we are inferior to and later in existence than the word of god and his spirit are on that very account destitute of the knowledge of his mysteries and there is no cause for wonder if this is the case with us as respects things spiritual and heavenly and such as require to be made known to us by revelation since many even of those things which lie at our very feet i mean such as belong to this world which we handle and see and are in close contact with transcend our knowledge so that even these we must leave to god for it is fitting that he should excel all in knowledge for how stands the case for instance if we endeavour to explain the cause of the rising of the nile we may say a great deal plausible or otherwise on the subject but what is true sure and incontrovertible regarding it belongs only to god then again the dwelling-place of birds of those i mean which come to us in spring but fly away again on the approach of autumn though it is a matter connected with this world escapes our knowledge what explanation again can we give of the flow and ebb of the ocean although every one admits there must be a certain cause for this phenomena or what can we say as to the nature of those things which lie beyond it what moreover can we say as to the formation of rain lightning thunder gatherings of clouds vapours the bursting forth of winds and such like things or tell as to the storehouses of snow hail and other like things 
what do we know respecting the conditions requisite for the preparation of clouds or what is the real nature of the vapours in the sky what as to the reason why the moon waxes and wanes or what as to the cause of the difference of nature among various waters metals stones and such like things on all these points we may indeed say a great deal while we search into their causes but god alone who made them can declare the truth regarding them if therefore even with respect to creation there are some things the knowledge of which belongs only to god and others which come within the range of our own knowledge what ground is there for complaint if in regard to those things which we investigate in the scriptures which are throughout spiritual we are able by the grace of god to explain some of them while we must leave others in the hands of god and that not only in the present world but also in that which is to come so that god should forever teach and man should forever learn the things taught him by god as the apostle has said on this point that when other things have been done away then these three faith hope and charity shall endure for faith which has respect to our master endures unchangeably assuring us that there is but one true god and that we should truly love him for ever seeing that he alone is our father while we hope ever to be receiving more and more from god and to learn from him because he is good and possesses boundless riches a kingdom without end and instruction that can never be exhausted if therefore according to the rule which i have stated we leave some questions in the hands of god we shall both preserve our faith uninjured and shall continue without danger and all scripture which has been given to us by god shall be found by us perfectly consistent and the parable shall harmonize with those passages which are perfectly plain and those statements the meaning of which is clear shall serve to explain the parables and through the many diversified utterances of scripture there shall be heard one harmonious melody in us praising in hymns that god who created all things if for instance any one asks what was god doing before he made the world we reply that the answer to such a question lies with god himself for that this world was formed perfect by god receiving a beginning in time the scriptures teach us but no scripture reveals to us what god was employed about before this event the answer therefore to that question remains with god and it is not proper for us to aim at bringing forward foolish rash and blasphemous suppositions in reply to it so as by one's imagining that he has discovered the origin of matter he should in reality set aside god himself who made all things for consider all ye who invent such opinions since the father himself is alone called god who has a real existence but whom ye style a demiurge since moreover the scriptures acknowledge him alone as god and yet again since the lord confesses him alone as his own father and knows no other as i shall show from his very words when ye style this very being the fruit of defect and the offspring of ignorance and describe him as being ignorant of those things which are above him with the various other allegations which you make regarding him consider the terrible blasphemy ye are thus guilty of against him who is truly god ye seem to affirm gravely and honestly enough that ye believe in god but then as ye are utterly unable to reveal any other god ye declare this very being in whom ye profess to believe the fruit of defect and the offspring of ignorance now this blindness and foolish talking 
flow to you from the fact that ye reserve nothing for god but ye wish to proclaim the nativity and production both of god himself of his ennoia of his logos and life and christ and ye form the idea of these from no other than the mere human experience not understanding as i said before that it is possible in the case of man who is a compound being to speak in this way of the mind of man and the thought of man and to say that thought ennoia springs from mind senses intention anthemesis again from thought and word logos from intention but which logos for there is among the greeks one logos which is the principle that thinks and another which is the instrument by means of which thought is expressed and to say that a man sometimes is at rest and silent while at other times he speaks and is active but since god is all mind all reason all active spirit all light and always exists one and the same as it is both beneficial for us to think of god and as we learn regarding him from the scriptures such feelings and divisions of operation cannot fittingly be ascribed to him for our tongue as being carnal is not sufficient to minister to the rapidity of the human mind inasmuch as that is of a spiritual nature for which reason our word is restrained within us and is not at once expressed as it has been conceived by the mind but is uttered by successive efforts just as the tongue is able to serve it but god being all mind and all logos both speaks exactly what he thinks and thinks exactly what he speaks for his thought is logos and logos is mind and mind comprehending all things is the father himself he therefore who speaks of the mind of god and ascribes to it a special origin of its own declares him a compound being as if god were one thing and the original mind another so again with respect to logos when one attributes to him the third place of production from the father on which supposition he is ignorant of his greatness and thus logos has been far separated from god as for the prophet he declares respecting him who shall describe his generation but ye pretend to set forth his generation from the father and ye transfer the production of the word of men which takes place by means of a tongue to the word of god and thus are righteously exposed by your own selves as knowing neither things human nor divine but beyond reason inflated with your own wisdom ye presumptuously maintain that ye are acquainted with the unspeakable mysteries of god while even the lord the very son of god allowed that the father alone knows the very day and hour of judgment when he plainly declares but of that day and that hour knoweth no man neither the son but the father only if then the son was not ashamed to ascribe the knowledge of that day to the father only but declared what was true regarding the matter neither let us be ashamed to reserve for god those greater questions which may occur to us for no man is superior to his master if any one therefore says to us how then was the son produced by the father we reply to him that no man understands that production or generation or calling or revelation or by whatever name one may describe his generation which is in fact altogether indescribable neither valentinus nor marcion nor saturninus nor basilides nor angels nor archangels nor principalities nor powers possess this knowledge but the father only who begat 
and the son who was begotten since therefore his generation is unspeakable those who strive to set forth generations and productions cannot be in their right mind inasmuch as they undertake to describe things which are indescribable for that a word is uttered at the bidding of thought and mind all men indeed will understand those therefore who have excogitated the theory of emissions have not discovered anything great or revealed any abstruse mystery when they have simply transferred what all understand to the only begotten word of god and while they style him unspeakable and unnameable they nevertheless set forth the production and formation of his first generation as if they themselves had assisted at his birth thus assimilating him to the word of mankind formed by emissions but we shall not be wrong if we affirm the same thing also concerning the substance of matter that god produced it for we have learned from the scriptures that god holds the supremacy over all things but whence or in what way he produced it neither has scripture anywhere declared nor does it become us to conjecture so as in accordance with our own opinions to form endless conjectures concerning god but we should leave such knowledge in the hands of god himself in like manner also we must leave the cause why while all things were made by god certain of his creatures sinned and revolted from a state of submission to god and others indeed the great majority persevered and do still persevere in willing subjection to him who formed them and also of what nature those are who sinned and of what nature those who persevere we must i say leave the cause of these things to god and his word to whom alone he said sit at my right hand until i make thine enemies thy footstool but as for us we still dwell upon the earth and have not yet sat down upon his throne for although the spirit of the saviour that is in him searcheth all things even the deep things of god yet as to us there are diversities of gifts differences of administrations and diversities of operations and we while upon the earth as paul also declares know in part and prophesy in part since therefore we know but in part we ought to leave all sorts of difficult questions in the hands of him who in some measure and that only bestows grace on us that eternal fire for instance is prepared for sinners both the lord has plainly declared and the rest of the scriptures demonstrate and that god foreknew that this would happen the scriptures do in like manner demonstrate since he prepared eternal fire from the beginning for those who were afterwards to transgress his commandments but the cause itself of the nature of such transgressors neither has any scripture informed us nor has an apostle told us nor has the lord taught us it becomes us therefore to leave the knowledge of this matter to god even as the lord does of the day and hour of judgment and not to rush to such an extreme of danger that we will leave nothing in the hands of god even though we have received only a measure of grace from him in this world but when we investigate points which are above us and with respect to which we cannot reach satisfaction it is absurd that we should display such an extreme of presumption as to lay open god and things which are not yet discovered as if already we had found out by the vain talk about emissions god himself the creator of all things and to assert that he derived his substance from apostasy and ignorance so as to frame an impious hypothesis 
in opposition to god moreover they possess no proof of their system which has but recently been invented by them sometimes resting upon certain numbers sometimes on syllables and sometimes again on names and there are occasions too when by means of those letters which are contained in letters by parables not properly interpreted or by certain baseless conjectures they strive to establish that fabulous account which they have devised for if any one should inquire the reason why the father who has fellowship with the son in all things has been declared by the lord alone to know the hour and the day of judgment he will find at present no more suitable or becoming or safe reason than this since indeed the lord is the only true master that we may learn through him that the father is above all things for the father says he is greater than i the father therefore has been declared by our lord to excel with respect to knowledge for this reason that we too as long as we are connected with the scheme of things in this world should leave perfect knowledge and such questions as have been mentioned to god and should not by any chance while we seek to investigate the sublime nature of the father fall into the danger of starting the question whether there is another god above god but if any lover of strife contradict what i have said and also what the apostle affirms that we know in part and prophesy in part and imagine that he has acquired not a partial but a universal knowledge of all that exists being such an one as valentinus or ptolemaeus or Basilides, or any other of those who maintain that they have searched out the deep things of god let him not arraying himself in vainglory boast that he has acquired greater knowledge than others with respect to those things which are invisible or cannot be placed under our observation but let him by making diligent inquiry and obtaining information from the father tell us the reasons which we know not of those things which are in this world as for instance the number of hairs on his own head and the sparrows which are captured day by day and such other points with which we are not previously acquainted so that we may credit him also with respect to more important points but if those who are perfect do not yet understand the very things in their hands and at their feet and before their eyes and on the earth and especially the rule followed with respect to the hairs of their head how can we believe them regarding things spiritual and supercelestial and those which with a vain confidence they assert to be above god so much then i have said concerning numbers and names and syllables and questions respecting such things as are above our comprehension and concerning their improper expositions of the parables i add no more on these points since thou thyself may enlarge upon them chapter twenty nine refutation of the views of the heretics as to the future destiny of the soul and body let us return however to the remaining points of their system for when they declare that at the consummation of all things their mother shall re-enter the pleroma and receive the saviour as her consort that they themselves as being spiritual when they have got rid of their animal souls and become intellectual spirits will be the consorts of the spiritual angels but the demiurge since they call him animal will pass into the place of the mother that the souls of the righteous shall psychically repose in the intermediate place when they declare that like will be gathered to like spiritual things to spiritual while material things continue among those that are material they do in fact contradict themselves 
inasmuch as they no longer maintain that souls pass on account of their nature into the intermediate place to those substances which are similar to themselves but that they do so on account of the deeds done in the body but those of the impious continue in the fire for if it is on account of their nature that all souls attain to the place of enjoyment and all belong to the intermediate place simply because they are souls as being thus of the same nature with it then it follows that faith is altogether superfluous as was also the descent of the saviour to this world if on the other hand it is on account of their righteousness that they attain to such a place of rest then it is no longer because they are souls but because they are righteous but if souls would have perished unless they had been righteous then righteousness must have power to save the bodies also which these souls inhabited for why should it not save them since they too participated in righteousness for if nature and substance are the means of salvation then all souls shall be saved but if righteousness and faith why should these not save those bodies which equally with the souls will enter into immortality for righteousness will appear in matters of this kind either impotent or unjust if indeed it saves some substances through participating in it but not others for it is manifest that those acts which are deemed righteous are performed in bodies either therefore all souls will of necessity pass into the intermediate place and there will never be a judgment or bodies too which have participated in righteousness will attain to the place of enjoyment along with the souls which have in like manner participated if indeed righteousness is powerful enough to bring thither those substances which have participated in it and then the doctrine concerning the resurrection of bodies which we believe will emerge true and certain from their system since as we hold god when he resuscitates our mortal bodies which preserve righteousness will render them incorruptible and immortal for god is superior to nature and has in himself the disposition to show kindness because he is good and the ability to do so because he is mighty and the faculty of fully carrying out his purpose because he is rich and perfect but these men are in all points inconsistent with themselves when they decide that all souls do not enter into the intermediate place but those of the righteous only for they maintain that according to nature and substance three sorts of being were produced by the mother the first which proceeded from perplexity and weariness and fear that is material substance the second from impetuosity that is animal substance but that which she brought forth after the vision of those angels who wait upon christ is spiritual substance if then that substance which she brought forth will by all means enter into the pleroma because it is spiritual while that which is material will remain below because it is material and shall be totally consumed by the fire which burns within it why should not the whole animal substance go into the intermediate place into which also they send the demiurge but what is it which shall enter within their pleroma for they maintain that souls shall continue in the intermediate place while bodies because they possess material substance when they have been resolved into matter shall be consumed by that fire which exists in it but their body being thus destroyed and their soul remaining in the intermediate place no part of man will any longer be left to enter in within the pleroma 
for the intellect of man his mind thought mental intention and such like is nothing else than his soul but the emotions and operations of the soul itself have no substance apart from the soul what part of them then will still remain to enter into the pleroma for they themselves in as far as they are souls remain in intermediate place while in as far as they are body they will be consumed with the rest of matter end of book two chapters twenty eight through twenty nine